What is going on, Juvie listeners? We're back. This is for part two because I really just messed up. So we're running the intro again, but we're here. We're live. Welcome to another Juvie Saturday. Before Josh intros, who we're talking with today, you guys know we're racing the National Cricket League to 10,000 yep. subscribers on YouTube. You guys, you can't see us take the L here. So hit that subscribe button, like, and comment if you enjoyed the episode. If you're listening on any of those audio platforms, you guys are hearing this high-quality sound because we're yep. on a new platform. If you guys want to help us grow on the charts over there, hit that download button, leave us a review on all those platforms. Yeah. Running for part two, Josh. Who are we talking with today? Today, we are talking with 17-year-old professional motorcycle racer, Jamie Davis. How are you doing, dude? I'm very good, thank you. How are you guys? Dude, doing good. Um, so, this is very rare for us, because I feel it's rare all over the world, seeing someone in such a dangerous sport at such a young age. Do you want to tell us like a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so I started racing motorbikes when I was six years old um, in a little English British championship. Uh and, you know, I found myself in the sport. I found yeah. that I loved it. And uh, it kind of it clicked with me from when I was six years old. Uh, I won three British championships before I was 10. Oh, that's crazy. And uh, progressed to Spain because, you know, when you're 10 years old, you can race on the Grand Prix tracks at, in, in Spain. But in England, you can't get on the big track, mm. even though the tracks in England aren't. They're not very good anyway. Um, so... I got out to Spain. Um, I got told to by one of my mentors, who's ex Grand Prix racer, oh, and wow. everything. So, got out to Spain. Started racing in Spain on a little bike, a uh, little two-stroke, uh, with the Spanish team. Again, found myself out there. Got used to the big tracks and got used to all the uh, environment, the people, the riders, because the level out there automatically is just so much higher. Mm. So, got out there. Started running up the front when I was ten progressed onto another category when I was 11. Again, found my feet with them a lot, with the other riders, and uh, started doing good in that. Uh, the following year, a new category came out called uh, the European Talent Cup. It was a whole different bike, a whole different power category. Yeah. Um, I was the youngest one in it, 12 years old, the only Crazy. only Brit in it, uh, racing up against 15, 16-year-olds. Wow. And I found myself leading races Constantly top ten, top five, um, you know, finding finding a name for myself out in Spain. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. <clears throat> so at that level, um, like the league you were in, how fast are you technically, or like on average, going in those bikes? Um, when I was twelve on the European Talent Cup bikes, I probably was doing around. 130 what? miles per hour. 130 miles per hour at, at 12? 12 years old. How? Yeah. That yeah, is uh, crazy. It sounds fast. <clears throat> I, was, I was like, yeah. I thought you were going to say like 85, 90. I was thinking like 60, 70 at 12. That's Dude, okay. crazy. This is, yeah. when, I, when I hear this, this is my immediate thoughts. When I was 12, I was still learning like how to like go fast on a pedaling bike. Yeah. How did your parents feel about you, just 12-year-old, just ripping down the track at 120 miles an hour? <laughs> Well, um, we we're, we're quite a athletic-based family. My okay. sisters and my mum do professional gym. Well, my mum used to, but my sisters do professional gymnastics. Oh, so cool. My dad brought me into... Well, I started with go-karting originally when I was like two, three years old. <laughs> but I just I found myself on a motorbike falling in love with it a lot easier and it was, found myself in it a lot better. Did your um, dad race? Is that like that how you got into it? My dad... He raced, but not professionally. It was more okay. of like 
I've got a bike. I'll go to track days and do a few yeah. races here and there. And he he was good. He was good. But his he owns his own business, and that took off. He had kids, and yeah, you know yeah, what's totally. like. He couldn't didn't have the time to go out and do it anymore. So got me into it. Got my first bike when I was three, and uh, started racing when I was six. And that's like I so said, crazy, yeah. dude. I was like, everyone was learning how to walk at two or three. Jamie was just ripping go karts. Honestly, like, he was that's that crazy. That's nuts. Okay, so now for all of us that are not based in the UK, like, was it a normal thing to go to Spain, or like, did you go by yourself, or did your whole family move? Um, well, I actually live it by myself. My oh, family wow. are all back in England. Um, I live here with my team owner. He, oh, cool. the one, the team I'm with now, he, he's got his family, Spanish, of course. Um, I, I live here. I train here. I fly back maybe once every month to see family. Um, wow. plainly because, like I said, my, my sister's doing her exams now and my dad's got so busy at work and everything. It's so I don't mind living out here by myself. Sometimes, obviously, I miss people, but yeah, you know, yeah. if I want to be the best, I can't. I can't be staying in England. Totally. So, when you were ten and you went out to Spain, did you go with your family then, or did you stay with the same person you're staying with now? Well, I've only been with this team for two years now. Okay. Okay. Um, but it's funny because he's the team owner. He used to be my teammate back when I was ten years old on the oh, wow. superbikes. But obviously, he had to retire. He's got kids. And yeah. It's just funny how we made we made our way back to each other, and now I'm his rider. But my uh, my dad always comes out with me. But for the past two years during COVID and his work and everything, luckily enough, he can he could have, he could work through it. Okay. Um, but he hasn't been out for a while, which is it's fine. It's just it got a bit weird at the start because he comes to every single race of right, mine yeah, since I was yeah. five years old. My mum never really came to watch any races it's because i think she's come to watch about four races and when i was seven years old she came to watch a race my her first ever race she came and watched and i, I got knocked out oh, i got in a crash she got knocked out yeah woke up in an ambulance and uh she didn't she didn't gel with it too too well dude but, that that'll be the no, same with my mum oh dude, yeah she would I, never come to any of my races because it's too dangerous dude i wouldn't i don't know if i would try okay so seven years old you got knocked out was there any crashes before that <laughs> Uh yeah, I've I've broken multiple bones. Uh, I can't I can't think of when, but I've definitely crashed. Was seven was seven like your first bad crash? Um, I think I think from what I remember, that was that was a bad crash. Yeah, when I was young, I've had multiple, but. From a young age, that was a bad one. Yeah. I never thought in my life I'd ask someone if their first bad motorcycle crash was, was that? at seven years old. <laughs> that is that's <laughs> so crazy. So I'm sure the question that I'm wondering, everyone else is, how in the world and what keeps you back coming back to this sport after getting knocked out, broken bones? What keeps you coming back? It's, it's so hard to describe. It's just, you know, when you've been doing it your whole life, you genuinely fall in love with the adrenaline and the feeling you get going around the track and pushing your limits and finding half a second on the track is yeah. is like finding a diamond. It's it's amazing the feeling and the environment and you know, when you do succeed in it, it's it's surreal the feeling you get. And you know, you're there's always a there's always a goal. Whether you're the best in the world, you're always pushing to be better. So there's always something to aim towards. Yeah. Um I think it's always I think it's more the chase and the adrenaline which keeps me in it really. Wow. So, 
I mean, obviously, it looks dangerous, and I know it's dangerous because people people die. It's a, it can be a very fatal sport. Is it like on average as dangerous as it looks, yeah, or is it kind of like is it safer than you'd think if you're good at it? Um, I think if you're if you're good at it, um, you know you looking into it it looks like how are you getting your elbow down in the middle of a corner going 110 miles per hour yeah. in the middle of a corner but when you're on the bike you're you, you're in control really mm. when you're at a professional level and you've been doing it your whole life you feel the smallest movements on the bike and you know exactly what you're doing yeah so really it's it's not as dangerous as some people may think but you know it, it really depends on how you land on in a crash as well. You know, you can crash at 120 miles per hour and get up and walk away, or you can crash at 50 and break break 10 bones. Or like, mm, it just depends. It's just it's it's just unlucky, really. Yeah, totally. Now, with a sport like this, where it's like you and the bike, how much of the sport is like what the bike's doing, and how much is it what you're controlling? Does that make sense? Like, what's the balance there? Well, the motorcycles are in the in the races. They're all the same. They're all the same bike. Oh, okay. You know, you got the same tires. You got the same. You know, so the bikes are the same. So it's all down to really the talent of the rider and yeah. the what the rider's got to, you know, because if all the bikes are same, there's no extra advantage mm-hmm, on another sure. rider's bike. So, you know, gotcha. all of it mainly comes from there, there's little things on the bike you can do. Um, you know, you can have a new chain every single race to help in advantage. You can get new little little bits which mm-hmm. can help, but nothing which will overpower someone's talent. Wow. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, like F1 racing and stuff, each company has built their own car, so they're not all the same, right? Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not 100% screwed up on F1, but I know they've got a budget. Like, if you look at Mercedes, right, yeah. right. they had, like, double double the budget they can spend on their car. And you know the, the the word that goes around with Mercedes that their power wins races. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know I'm sure if all the cars were the exact same in the F1, the championship would be a completely different ball game. Yeah, yeah. totally. But, no, that's interesting. I actually yeah. I almost like how they're doing it, where it actually comes down to the racer because like yeah. you know some companies are gonna be, have more funds to actually spend, and like that does affect the race. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's cool sides to both sides there, right? Definitely. Well, that's where my question comes in. With if the bikes are the same, they go the same exact speed, they have the same amount of fuel, whatever it is. How do you find ways to be quicker than somebody else yeah, on the exact good. same bike? Yeah. Like, how do you? That's always been my question with racing. Um, it's it's weird because you know you're you're constantly pushing to your absolute limit. You know, you're going into the corner as fast as you possibly can to get the maximum amount of speed out of the corner yeah and when you look at the when you look at the races it looks so similar what everyone's doing but in the racing world one second on the track is it's it's so fast when you think and count one second but one second could determine if your pole position or if you're 20th place on the racetrack crazy it's so close so you know if you break like a point one second later than you did before, that could determine whether you're top ten or you're top five. That's mm-hmm. crazy. So because it's so so close, it all just comes down to who's who's 
crazy enough, really. Because yeah. <laughs> I know that's the thing with like Olympic sprinting or just running in general. Right. You'll train, or like Usain Bolt said, he like he trained for thirty years to take three seconds off his Literally. time or something. Like, yeah, you train yeah. so long and so hard your entire life just to take those one like that one second off the run. Is that true with racing as well? Yeah, I suppose you you know you have to train so hard because it's such a, it is such a physical sport. Yeah. And, you know, same with F1, really. People kind of look at him and think, you know, you're just going around in circles. Like, oh, it can't be that difficult. But you have to be so physically... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so personally, I'm not familiar with, like, the distances of the race you're doing. Because, like, I know in sprinting and stuff, they have 100 meter, 400 meter. How long are the races you're racing in? Um, You know, it, it, it does depend on the length of the track. But usually, you know, if a track is, say, four kilometers, you'll be doing around... 17, 18 laps. Wow. So, How many miles is that? You know, you trying to work What's, out. Okay, four to kilometers. Is it two kilometers in a mile? Okay, let's find out. All of our all of our UK people are being like, <laughs> "How do you guys not know this?" People are probably roasting me because I'm from the UK. I should know kilometers. Dude, you should actually. You should be embarrassed. Not me. I should never know this. Um, How much is it? How many miles is that? Okay, so and for all of our US people, they're probably so thankful that we're looking this up right now. Four kilometers is two and a half miles. Okay, so he's so doing, two and a half times like eighteen. Yeah, he's doing like almost like what thirty-eight miles. It's like forty-five plus miles. Forty-five miles, holy moly! And now, how long does that take you to race? A race usually takes around fifty minutes. Oh my gosh! Minutes Imagine around. doing forty-five miles in fifteen minutes. <laughs> That's so crazy. And now we talked about how fast you were going when you're seven. Now I'm yeah. honestly a little bit scared to hear about how fast are you averaging <laughs> racing at right now. Uh, the race, the bike I'm on now, I think, not think, I mean, the other test I done a couple of weeks ago, I hit 177. 177. Oh my gosh. How, okay, what is going through your head when you're going, does it feel like you're going that fast? I guess that's my question. No, not at all really, because you got, you got your helmet on, you've got your gear on, um, you know, when, when you're racing, you, your tunnel focus is so... Yeah, absurd. Like everything around you is just blurred out. You, it's just you, your bike, That's and the crazy. track. You're constantly thinking ahead, like how where you're going to break. If yeah. you can break a little bit later, how are you going to go into the corner? And you're thinking so much about what you're going to do to improve your time. Not, you know, you can't really feel. I mean, I done a, uh, I done a track day once on a Yamaha R1. It's a super super bike. And I done around 204 miles per hour, 203 miles per hour, or something. Oh wow, that's faster um, than like the majority of sports cars. Oh my lord! Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the not to sixty time as well, we're doing not to sixty or not to hundred kilometers in around three seconds. Three 2. seconds. seconds. Oh, okay, so like that's faster yeah. like a car. Yeah. Oh my gosh! That's like the speed of a Tesla reaching. I'm actually in shock because I would. <laughs> wow. Okay, so like if wow, you're always okay. thinking ahead, do you ever get distracted? Um, is there even room for that? No, there can't be. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't. You don't really have time to because you know there's always constantly corners coming up, breaking points. Yeah. Uh, there's so much stuff going on in your mind. You don't have time to think about other things, really. Yeah. No. I think my worry about that would be if I'm going that fast, how would I time it right to make the turn but and not probably, just plow straight into the wall? Just imagine like training this over and over and over. Like, like, do you have all of the, yeah. I'm sure you do have the track memorized, so you know when to turn without, like, you, you, I mean, you have to look, but, like, I feel like 
after that many times racing it, you'd probably you're probably pretty comfortable. Yeah, I mean, it kind of just it's weird because if I went to a new track, automatically I just know where to brake. Mm. Okay. Um, and now, what's braking it, mean? More, Pressing the brakes. Oh, as in, oh, I thought he meant like breaking past. Someone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I was, I was looking oh, way too no. far. He's into only that. had his license for about a month. <laughs> okay, man. I just thought it was like some motorcycle term. Like I don't know. Yeah. Never mind. Well, not, not the but, smartest. <laughs> I'm sure someone else is thinking no. that. I'm sure someone else is thinking. I that. hope not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay. 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 I, I have a question that I'm sure yeah. everyone's wondering. Not about breaking, but this one's like could be breaking bones. What's the worst crash you've ever been in? Oh, I need to know. What I've been scared about. Ooh, the worst crash. Um, when I was twelve, as well. Um, I was in this crash. I was going around the corner. The back stepped out. The bike flipped over, and my foot. I mean, imagine oh. the wheels going oh. around this oh. corner. The wheels going around. 90 miles per hour around this corner it's spinning and my foot just got jammed straight inside the wheel and just stopped um stopped immediately um luckily i've got the best boots you you could buy on the market um so it stopped pretty much my foot getting ripped off wait Um, so did your foot go like in the spokes of the tire of the wheel it was yeah so it's got like if you think a rim it's got big metal rims there and there and it's spinning and it just got stuck. And as it span around, it completely stopped the wheel spinning at 90 miles per hour. Um, uh, and you're, well, okay, well, you still shattered, like, bone shattered. I'm yeah, assuming. was your bone broken? Yeah, I broke, I uh, teared my Achilles, I broke a couple bones in my foot. Um, but I, I, I rode, I raced the next day. You did okay. not. <laughs> oh my lord. I, I went. I, I went to the hospital, they put a uh, cast on it, I uh, cut it off and I raced the next day. I finished <laughs> place as well. Oh my gosh. Uh, How did they let you race with that? They didn't know. Did they know? Uh, that, yeah, yeah, I had to go to get a medical checkup and I kind of just went through the pain because you have to do like press ups, um, yeah. touch points and see how you're feeling. I kind of just gritted through it and uh, pretended I was all right. That is some I guess that's that's love for the sport, isn't it? That's crazy. That is so nuts. Yeah. Okay, so now you're 17 now. Now I'm not totally I like I don't really know the world. Like what's the next steps? Like if you're already professional at 17, like where like where's this go? Well, right now this year I'm racing in the the junior world championships. It's wow, wow. the level it's just one level below the world championships. Um wow. I'm the youngest, the youngest ever Brit to do it. Holy uh, that's crazy. So Congratulations. From, thank, yeah, thank you. Um, from this, it would be world championships, really. Uh, and if you get to world championships, it will be the top, because there's three levels in the world championship. You've got a class called Moto3, Moto2, and MotoGP. So it goes 250cc, um, 765cc, and 1,000. And obviously, they're the best races in the world. Yeah. I think uh, I think last year the MotoGP lot their bikes reached 228 miles per hour. 228. That is insane. Yeah. So now, like, what's the timeline um, look to getting to that that highest level? Um, I would say I would like to see myself in that in the next three years. Holy moly! Wow. I like to say, um, you know, I do a year in this, get used to this bike, get up to high level on this, um. 
just do it again next year, um, fight for the championship and get picked up and go to MotoGP. Well, we're going to be World Championship. We'll be cheering after. you on. We'll be cheering 100%. you on watching. I don't know how I'm going to watch. But you. you'll, you'll have to let us know. Is it televised? Like people can watch it? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you have. Uh, you probably will. It's on BT Sport. Um, oh, yeah, I think it's on you TV. Can. That's super sick. I'm actually, we'll have to watch. Like Whenever your next race is, we'll talk yeah, after this because I actually I want to see yeah, the race. It's live streamed on YouTube also. Oh, uh, sweet. Definitely. It's called uh, Junior GP, uh, FIM TV, I think. Okay. Sweet. Dude, that is nuts. That's I've just been crazy. blown away this whole episode. Yeah, like, me too. I just didn't know that you could go that fast. So when it comes to a sport yeah. like this and racing, I'm sure it's it's so dangerous. My question would be, there has to be lots of money on the line to be able to put your body like through something like that. So is it is it a high-earning sport, I guess is what I'm asking. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, when you get to the top level, um, one of the riders called Mark Marquez, um, you probably know a name, Valentino Rossi. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah uh, you know, he's just retired, but he's, they call it the goat of the, the racing. Uh, he was probably, um, estimate, he was probably making around 20 million a year. Holy wow. a year. Oh. Okay, so now um, like, he, he, was, he was on a different level right. of like salary. So now that is that from like I, I'm just making this up. Is that from like him making his own gear, becoming sponsored, or like like how do racers races? like you make money? Is it prize pools or like what? Um, you get you get prizes like bonuses from sponsors. You get money from the federation, like depending on where you finish in the races. Um, you know, in MotoGP, you get given a car if you win the championship. You get given a car if you get the most amount of pole positions. Mm. Um, but what yeah, car do you with get given? Rossi, you get a, a BMW M5. Oh, that's, what? That, that's Dude, nice. I'll take that. <laughs> All right, so you need to <laughs> like, go back 10 years and start racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now do a lot of kids that are at your level, oh, I guess there's not a, kid, a lot of kids that are at your level at your age, but like what age do most people start racing? If they want to go pro, um, I would say around six to nine years old. That is, that is absurd. Because I would just never let my kids ride a motorcycle at that age. Yeah, honestly, you. I feel like you're definitely fortunate with the parents. Yeah, that are like so supportive <laughs> in that. That is insane. So, a type of question that we always ask our guests, depending on what category of um, career they're in. What would you say your advantages and disadvantages of being a teenager in the sport would be? Um, for sure, like knowledge, you know, because every single time you get on the track, uh, whether you've ridden it a hundred times or a thousand times, you're always learning something about the track. You're always finding, like I said, the point one, point two. The more you ride a track, the more natural it becomes yeah. and the faster you will, you will get, you know. So when I'm racing against 22, 23-year-olds this year, they're going to have a lot more experience mm. and knowledge of, of the bikes and the track. Yeah. But, you know, but then the advantage is I've got so much time on them. If I can be at their level five years prior to their age, right? I've got so much time to progress and Very true. overcome them at a younger age. Yeah. Do you feel fortunate being a teenager in the space? Uh, yeah, 100%. I would, I think... Being at my age now is the optimum, like the most totally. perfect age, really, yeah. for the category I'm in. You know, the younger you are, the higher the level, um, the the better it is, really. Yeah, yeah, because I guess now, I mean, I could be wrong, but you're probably at like the fittest point of your life, where you're in, 
like perfect condition. Yeah, perfect condition to keep racing. Because I mean, I'm sure if you have like health problems and or like problems with I don't in past injuries and stuff, they probably wouldn't let you race as much. So I feel like your body probably has been through less stress than people who've been racing for like 30 years. So right now is a great place to be. Yeah, it is a good place. I mean, fortunately, I haven't had any major accidents which have prevented me from racing. I mean, recently. I've had a, uh, you can see here, I've had surgery ooh, on ooh. my forearm. Wow. Uh, I had two incisions uh, because it's this normal thing, racing gear called arm pump. And okay. whilst I was riding, I just couldn't feel my arm at all. And, you know, imagine going at the speed I was going and not being able to feel feel your arm. It Does that a, mean that you weren't able to, like, turn turn right? Is if is It's your right arm, right? Yeah. Were yeah, you able to like was, pull right to be able to turn? Yeah, it was it was restricting me from doing everything really. You oh, know, after wow. three laps, I was I couldn't brake properly. I couldn't get on the throttle. I couldn't turn. It was it was horrible. But I was too young to get a surgery, um, so I had to just start with it. But it was, you know, really mentally draining as well. Yeah. When you're going to a race, you want to be the best. People are putting a lot of money into you, and you can't even finish the race because of a physical condition you can't help. Oh, that's so unfortunate. So, Dang. There's so much more to the yeah, sport than I thought it. there was. Yeah, that's nuts. That's so crazy. Well, I'm glad you were able to get the surgery and now you can go beat those guys again. Yep. Yeah. So the question yeah. we always we always wrap sure. up with with any guest is because you know the podcast is all about teenagers and you know really reversing the stereotype on like you know how people view us. Now, from your perspective, yep. I guess this doesn't really have to do with motorsports, but what do you feel like is the most misunderstood thing about teenagers? Um you know, I think in our like day and age, teenagers are frowned upon so much about there's a stereotype about their behaviour and their their want in life. You know, they're looked at as um, grumpy people who just want to just lounge through life. Um, but I think with a lot of teenagers, do have a lot of dreams and want in their yeah. life. Um, I just think if people had a different outlook. And gave teenagers more of an opportunity to totally because I'm sure that if everyone had a good opportunity, every a lot of teenagers would be different. Yeah, yeah, it's a great yeah. answer. It's really Very good. good answer. Well, if you guys want to go check out any of Jamie's stuff, I'm sure he has videos on social media. It'll be all the first link in the description on yep. YouTube. Jamie, is there any last words you want to say to the people? Um, no, just I mean, stick along because. I'm sure you you guys will be seeing me in the World Championships soon. 100. Definitely, we're gonna clip that when he's, yeah. when he's taking that number one spot. That's crazy. Yeah. So okay. everybody, um, everybody listening right now, make sure to download on all of your listening platforms. Make sure to make sure it is that little bubble is a check. Yeah, that's basically um, what it is. And then subscribe, like, comment if you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate you guys tuning in for another Juvie Saturday. That's a wrap. That's a wrap.